Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodney. And I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. You look so happy and I think I know why. Yeah, I'm so excited. We are going to the premiere of The Little Mermaid tonight. It is my favourite Disney film. Ariel is my favourite princess. <laughs> I actually have a toy Ariel on my desk It's still on your desk, speak. I know. <laughs> I'm so, so excited to see this movie. Oh, so am I. And it's going to be a big fancy premiere. It's at the State Theatre. It's going to be all done up. I hope they do like, uh, you know how they made it look like Babylon for that premiere? Yes. I hope they make the State Theatre look very under the sea. And there's a big red carpet happening because Halle Bailey and Melissa McCarthy are going to be there. Oh my gosh, we're going to be in the same room as Melissa McCarthy, which yes. I'm freaking out about. Yes, on that. And I am <laughs> not going to be on the podcast tomorrow. I'm so sorry I got a better offer. Yeah, look, I <laughs> normally I would say something snarky about how important I am to you, but I feel like this is worth it. I'm interviewing Halle Bailey and Melissa McCarthy in person, which I'm actually super nervous about because this is such a big movie. I'm ex- just as excited as you are. I can't even get my words together. <laughs> Better sort that out before tomorrow. But anyway, that's where I'll be tomorrow so you can hold down the pod without me and then I'll bring you all the goss from Intuing the Little Mermaid and the Sea Witch. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. But on today's show, we are talking about a clip from a new Kim Kardashian interview that is going viral where she's talking about motherhood. And we don't mean to kind of get all cynical on this show, but there's a very calculated reason that she's doing a particular type of press leading up to the new season of The Kardashians. We're going to get into that. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Okay, kicking things off with some highly relatable news this morning because Jay-Z and Beyonce have purchased the most expensive home ever sold in the state of California. Actually, the second highest sale in the entire United States. So they have purchased a 30,000 square foot home in Malibu, which costs them Australian $300 million. And I actually cannot comprehend (laughs) how much much money money that that is. is. So what's hilarious is TMZ actually reported this saying they got an unbelievable deal. The home was quietly listed for a whopping US $295 million. So they bought it for $200 million US. Okay, I'm definitely following this. there's a $95 million discount. Oh, what a good bargain. (laughs) So, you know, good for them, I guess. We are in a cost of living crisis. So even Beyonce and Jay-Z are having to tighten their belts. Yeah, and look, being (laughs) really, really rich is kind of a part of their brand. But for $300 million... I would want a house that's a little bit less concrete. So just to describe the images of this house, 
It's just a lot of grey. You know, like Kim Kardashian's house? It's just a beige cave. Yes, exactly. Like every influencer from Byron Bay has a smaller beige cave. Yeah, this is a grey cave. I don't know what it is about rich people and just having homes with zero personality, but hey, here we are. I wish them well in their <laughs> new fancy house. No, 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 no. The Cannes Film Festival has continued over the weekend, and I don't know about you, but I have not been able to move without running into headlines about this event. So we wanted to cut through the noise a bit and bring you some of the biggest or most interesting moments. For me, one of the major highlights has been Michelle Yeoh, just generally, just her existence. (laughs) She was awarded the Kering Woman in Motion Award, which is given annually at Cannes to honour major achievers in raising awareness around women's issues in the film industry. And earlier in the day, she gave an interview to Variety, confirming, one, that there would be no sequel to Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I think is a good decision. Yeah, also, obviously, like some movies just end in a really specific way. Exactly. But she also had some really interesting things to say about the success of that film. She said it proved that audiences wanted new, but also diverse ideas, but pointed out that those ideas are not given the same graces as other films. So she said if Crazy Rich Asians in 2018 didn't turn a profit, then she wouldn't be sitting there today. She said there are mega films that suffer terrible losses, yet they still go and keep doing the thing, which is so true. There are so many superhero movies, westerns, all of the things, and even if they're not making bank... Hollywood just keeps making them. Yeah. Well, Crazy Rich Asians, speaking of movies that need a sequel, there's four books in that series. Where are they? So true. She also said the best thing that has come out of all of this success is that she is now receiving scripts that aren't just describing a character as Chinese or an Asian-looking character, which I think is incredible progress. Speaking of progress, Natalie Portman was at the press conference for May, December, which is a film starring her, Julianne Moore, and Charles Melton about a couple with a 20-year age gap. And she made commentary about the discrepancy between how men and women are treated generally, but also at Khan. I didn't realise that Khan mandates women wear heels yeah. on the red carpet. That is mind-blowing to me. A few celebrities over the last few years have been sneaking in a flat here or there, but it's very controversial. And it's one of those things where the festival does not look kindly on it. Like, no one thinks that they're being, you know, subversive or brave by doing it. It's very much like you're going against what this festival stands for. It's really interesting because the other Natalie Portman headlines are around this dress that she's wearing, and I have to say, an incredible, incredible dress. It was a... Not a fashion podcast. It was <laughs> an embroidered tulle haute couture Dior dress, a recreation of a vintage 1949 dress from the same brand. And it is huge and very puffy and very to the ground. And you know what? She could have worn sneakers under that dress and you wouldn't know a damn thing. Yeah, that dress is incredible. And it's one that kind of pops up with like recreations of different actresses wearing it or in movies. So watching her sort of come down the red carpet in that was pretty iconic, especially because there haven't been like everyone looks amazing and there's lots of Mm. kind of smaller fashion moments. But I don't think this year there's been those kind of big mainstream fashion moments of someone wearing a really daring dress or something that's really unique. So I feel like that was kind of the big fashion moment. Also speaking of hot people, the other (laughs) big headline I've seen around is Harrison Ford. Have you seen these headlines? About Indiana Jones? Well, yeah, I actually with- can't talk about Indiana Jones. It's my favourite film franchise oh, of all right. time. Oh, my God, I forgot this about you. So he's there with the new Indiana Jones. I'm really nervous and about Okay, it. yeah. Reviews have kind of been back and forth. People are very kind of centred on Harrison mm. being there because he hasn't done a lot of press in recent years since the last Star Wars movie he was in. They've de-aged him right 
write down for the movie and there's been a lot of chatter around that and he was like guys we needed to do it for the story continuality like I had to be a lot younger than I am now because he's in his late 70s going Mm. into 80s now still looks actually a reporter said to him you're still pretty hot He just nods and he's like, yeah, I'm really blessed. And also he... Um, okay, was- I love that energy. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I am. Yeah, he's like, I'm super blessed. Probably flew himself there in his private plane. <laughs> but also he's been walking the red carpet with Calista Flockhart, his wife of many, many years. And they have one of those like kind of very old school Hollywood love stories. And they rarely do red carpets together or any kind of appearances together. So I think that's been really cute. Love that. Love them. <laughs> love him so much. No, 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 no. So Kim Kardashian is the latest celebrity to go on Jay Shetty's On Purpose podcast and the episode itself, the full episode, is not out yet, but Jay Shetty shared an exclusive clip from the podcast with People magazine where Kim Kardashian is talking about like a really kind of honest view of what her parenting life is right now and this clip is kind of going viral. I'd say parenting is the thing that has taught me the most about myself. It has been the most challenging thing. There are nights I cry myself to sleep, like what just happened, you know, with all the moods and the personalities and sometimes they're fighting and there's no one there. Like it's it's me to play good cop and bad cop. So like that is definitely a challenge. Okay, billionaire. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> okay, like my initial snark reaction to that is like eye roll you have nannies, you presumably have a private chef because your sisters don't know how to cut cucumbers. Like there's clearly a lack of cooking knowledge in the family. But then I have to like, you know, be like, stop being a bitch and acknowledge that, you know, parenting, I'm sure for everyone who's a parent, not a parent, can't fully relate to that, would, you know, have struggles and it's hard and undoubtedly, even if you are a billionaire, it probably is hard. But also... I just can't get over it. Like, mm, okay, Kim. The kind of privilege behind it. Yeah. yeah that's, I feel like people are very divided on this clip coming out. And again, it's so interesting that it's just one clip. The whole podcast isn't out mm. yet. Like, I think people have a big reaction to that. But on one hand, people are like, um, it's really interesting or like kind of like it's nice that she's opening up about this different rough side of parenting and how hard it is. And as someone who's like so in the public eye and so many women and parents follow, there must be some sort of comfort in seeing another parent just be like, yeah, it's really tough and awful sometimes. And that's just the reality of it. But on the flip side of that, money just does make everything easier. And so that's definitely a big part of her reality. And so you have to sort of take this with a slight grain of salt in terms of she's talking about looking after the kids. Well, yes, she does have nannies. She does have cleaners. She does have cooks Mm -hmm. and stuff. But I still think at the end of the day, if you're just the parent and you're wanting to spend time with your kids in that way, and like, I don't know what Kim Kardashian does in her (laughs) private life. I can only go off the millions of hours of TV. She spends time photoshopping carpet. Yeah. (laughs) I only know by the thousands of hours I've spent watching that woman walk around that beige cave is that she does seem to have a lot of hands on time with her children like when she's home at night Mm. and I'm sure if the four of them are fighting and you know being difficult or they want to just talk to their mom or they're being you know what I mean like moods are happening and stuff I'm sure in that particular moment even having a nanny or something does not take away that frustration especially if you're doing it by yourself and you had planned to do it with another person I think is kind of what I don't know it's like everything with Kim Kardashian like people take away different meanings from it. This is true I have to say there is a little bit of respect that I have for Kim Kardashian where she knows that everything she says people are going to have a really strong reaction to it mostly negative a lot of the time 
And yet she doesn't really care. She will still say whatever she wants to say and whether that's like a marketing tactic, which probably is, she's still just going to say whatever the hell she wants, whether you like it or not. And I mean like it's calculated but like respect. Yeah, and in terms of being calculated, I think that is the more interesting discussion around this clip because Mm. we could debate forever like how hard parenting is and this and that and stuff and like there's never going to be one conclusion around how much she should share or how people should take it. Everyone's always going to have a different thought on that. What I think is more interesting is the type of interviews she's doing at the moment and her and her extended family and how different this next season of the Kardashian seems to be because I feel like they are very aware of how poorly the last season was received, not in a way that people didn't watch it because, I mean, we don't we don't have the exact viewing numbers because obviously it's streaming and that sort of thing, but it doesn't feel like it dropped in any way. But it really did fail to capture the same sort of headlines, conversations, capture like zeitgeisty moments as it did the first season. And I really think they just lent into the more glam side of their lives, which you obviously want to see. Like I cannot watch those women just fight at home. I need to see them going <laughs> to the Met Gala and stuff. And it lent more into some of their entrepreneur like kind of moments or some of their like causes, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. It felt very diluted from the life that we knew was happening. Like we went a whole year without barely seeing any of like the intricacies of the family stuff anything to do with some of the bigger backlashes that happened. I mean, not that they should have made Astro World like an episode or anything because that's super disrespectful, but you had all these boring episodes where they filmed fake like trips yes, and stuff of totally. people just sitting around in rooms to cover <laughs> up for that. And then, you know, Courtney and Travis's wedding was such a huge part of like their lives at the time and what everyone was interested in left that out completely. I know we got that kind of dialed down special like okay, a but year way later. too late. Yeah, way too exactly. late. And so this time around, it's interesting that the first teaser clip that came out has Kim sobbing and it's very clear that she and Courtney are having a huge fight, which is what fans have been speculating about for ages. And in the lead up to that, Kim gave like a morning talk show interview the other day talking about her fight with Courtney and talking about, you know, being single. And now she's doing this interview that's a real deep dive on her life and the struggles of parenting. And remember, Remember how they disappeared and we did that whole episode (laughs) on the disappearance of the Kardashians? Not disappeared that we didn't know where they were, but disappeared that they really took themselves out of the publicity cycle, barely posting on their Instagram accounts, not attending events, not doing any magazine covers, interviews, promo, anything like that across the board for the family. And I think it's because they were resting their brand for this big reset we're now seeing happen. Interesting because at that point there was so much chat about like, the Kardashian flop era and, like, how no one cared about them anymore, which is bullshit. Exactly. Oh, I hate when people say that because it's based on nothing except that in their own little petty hearts they want them to yeah. be nothing. And I was like, you can hate them or love them, but the truth is their publicity machine is not going to shut down. It's and like people saying they weren't invited to the Met Gala as if they would ever as happen. If. They're like the apple of celebrities. They're just yeah. too big to fail. Yeah. I feel <laughs> they like... They the apple of celebrities. They're always there. <laughs> they get reinvented. We always go back to them at the end of the day. Exactly. But I feel like does the reaction to the series matter more than the series just existing because the series is basically their vehicle to one remain in the public consciousness in a way as reality tv stars and sort of give us that inside look into their lives but also as their way of controlling their narratives and like putting out stories in a way that they want them to be presented that's never been a critical darling right like critics aren't being like the kardashians is the best reality (laughs) show of all time and i feel like it doesn't really matter what viewers actually think of the series as much as it does it existing as a way that they get to 
talk to us. Yeah, exactly. That's always been the point of that show, especially when they became super famous. Obviously, in the early days, it was the sole vehicle for their fame. But now, as an entity, their, like, personas are bigger than any TV show. It's kind of like the car that drives their careers around. And (laughs) Kim's career is, like, the massive, I don't know anything about camping, the massive RV (laughs) that's being dragged at the back. But the car is the show that kind of keeps Mm -hmm. it going the way they want it. So Kindle a little sidecar? (laughs) Yeah, she's just a little sidecar (laughs) trying to be a high fashion model and being like, guys, it's actually really hard being this famous. Like, I had to work extra hard. Anyway, don't get me started on that, girl. We just had to have a bit of Kindle snark in this episode. We just had to. I know. I'm usually so good about it. Those are the rules. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, well, I mean, again, it's very telling that all of this press is happening because the new season of The Kardashians is coming out this Thursday on Disney+. Plus. Chelsea, you don't watch it, but get excited. (laughs) It's time to start. This could be your entry point. Mm, We'll see. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick, sitting across from me with a big smile on her face, with audio production by Tegan Sadler. Our executive producer is Gia Moylan. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram. Bye! Bye!